Larry, before you get back to another chat, just while it's still fresh in my mind, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about what anyone thinks of Brock Purdy because we all know it doesn't matter. Look at it this way. People have, have basically chosen sides and they refuse to come off their side. And some people have chosen incorrectly. And so they're going to be wrong about how they evaluate them all year, whatever. It doesn't matter. What we also have going on in football right now is an experiment in the art of the elite quarterback argument. There is no more elite quarterback in this league than Patrick Mahomes. Would you agree with me on that? I mean, he's the best. He's, he's the, the top, top of the heap. Yep. Top of the heap. Exactly. He's the standard bearer. The tip of the spear is Patrick Mahomes. I've never seen a quarterback enter an all-time debate as quickly as Patrick Mahomes has entered the all-time debate. You know, you want Joe, you want Elway, you want Johnny Unitas, if that's Marino. the generation you're from. You want Marino. But again, people will be like, well, you never won a Super Bowl, so I'm going to hold it against him, which is ridiculous. because Bradshaw. Yeah, whoever, you, who, whoever you're, this guy would be the guy I would start to win one game for my life. That's the guy. Like, Patrick Mahomes entered that conversation as early in his career as any quarterback is allowed to enter an all-time conversation. That is how much of the real deal he is. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I was told all you need is an elite quarterback. Well, then how come they're not? They've been shut out three halves in a row in their second halves. How come they're averaging 13 points a game? They've still got their elite quarterback, but they now have a team with frying pan hands all around them. And when Travis Kelsey has an off game, all of a sudden the Chiefs aren't chiefing quite like they used to. So, you know, the standard that is applied, the hypothetical scenario that people want applied to Brock Purdy, saying that in a worse situation, he wouldn't be this good. Look at Patrick Mahomes. In a worse situation, he's not half as effective as he used to be. He still throws lasers and darts and has more arm angles then, you know, flamenco dancers got tap shoes. It's it's incredible what this guy can do. But the team around him isn't as good as it used to be. So your hypothetical, you know, Brock wouldn't be this good if he weren't on this good of a team, that gets filed under no duh. Of course not. No player in this league is as good as they can be when they're in a worse situation. And right uh, now, Mahomes is in a worse situation than he's been with talent around him at any point in time in his career, and that's why the Chiefs are struggling a little. And by the way, when I say struggling, that's a sliding scale of Chiefs level struggling. They're still fantastic, but it's a different it's a different feeling. And then you know, just a couple of years ago, let's run the experiment. Let's reverse engineer it. You got a really, 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 really talented quarterback who's always been in a bad situation because he's been in Detroit. Then boop. You pick up Stafford, you pick him out of Detroit, you put him in Los Angeles, you get him with McVay, and boom, 16 games later, it's a fucking Super Bowl. So, you know, I mean, like, the point that people think that the, the aha that they've got over Purdy, it isn't an aha at all. It's a football truth. It takes a really good team to win a championship, not just a really good quarterback, not a quarterback on a good deal in the right situation. It takes all things to win a championship. So there you go. There, there's my rant. I, I hope it made sense. The guy's playing at a crazy high level. And when you factor in how old he is and where he's at in his career, he's playing at a, you know, he's, he's, he's incredible. It's absurd. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. There's also, you know, the real advantage in, in the Niners, you know, they talked about this and Kyle's talked about this. I mean, they looked at at veteran options and they considered veteran options and they even tried for some veteran options and they were comfortable at trying to go that route. But at the end of the day, they either struck out or didn't want to make the expenditure to to go after those veteran options. And then when they, you know, hearing Lynch talk about it, you know, it's like there's a big difference in the NFL. I mean, this is. This is, I mean, when did Seattle win their Super Bowl? Uh, they won it with ru young Russell Wilson on a rookie contract. And that's really, I think, what the 49ers were committed to more than they were committed to Trey Lance or more even that they're committed to Brock Purdy. It's like 
They won it specifically. It was it was about get that quarterback on a rookie deal and have Kittle and Trent and Bosa and you know Ayuk and Debo and all these great you know um, different transcendent type talents that they have throughout their football team. I mean, the Niners have some of the best top end talent in the entire league, and it's partly because they're paying Brock Purdy eight hundred and forty thousand dollars while top tier or even just veteran middle of the tier quarterbacks are making between 25 and $40 million. Derek Carr is totally ordinary. He makes $44 million. I mean, Brock Purdy is making $850,000. It, 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 it matters a ton in a cap sport. So, um, you know, now it's incumbent on, you know, it's a unique, it puts the teams that go for the rookie quarterbacks in a unique spot because, you know, now as rookies, you're looking for somebody who can come in and win the Super Bowl. And how many young quarterbacks are ready to do that? But there that's the beautiful part about this situation is that there's a there's a veteran like mindset uh, to Brock Purdy, who played four years in college and has all that experience. And so he's a very refined young quarterback. And you can see that already. And he's you know, surrounded by some of the best talents in the game and Kyle Shanahan's offense. So yeah, the 49ers are absolutely in their go window. And if Shanahan and Lynch are going to get a Super Bowl um, this year, next year, seem like their best opportunities. The The window is open. Here it is. The time is now to do it under the constraints that they're playing under. So this is it. They've got this year and next year to win a Super Bowl. And if it doesn't happen, it is back to the drawing board with a whole new experiment to run. But they get to run this experiment for the rest of this year and into next year. I had somebody comment back to the drawing board, by the way. You still have your head coach and your quarterback. The, oh, the, no. The right. key and, elements of winning a championship are you got to have the head coach, you got to have the quarterback. Right. And they but now I, I, have in Shanahan and Purdy their head coach and their quarterback. Shanahan's probably going to coach for at least another decade because he seems like that kind of guy. Um, and I think Purdy, what Purdy's 23. So their window's not just open for this year and next year. I would say it's likely the 49ers window is open. It might be open for Trent Williams or George Kittle this year, next year. But as far as the Niners with Purdy and Shanahan, I think their window's open for the next five to 10 years in actuality. Well, uh, and again, and that's what, a really good quarterback and head coach combination can do. They can hold open windows to compete in through their abilities more than any other guys on the field, but it takes more than just those two guys to really reach the championship level. And it's just set up right now. Like it's, there's no better time than the present or next year for the 49ers to do this. I had somebody in one of the chats that I was reading and looking at the other day saying, you know, Hey, you know, Brock has been fantastic. I'm all aboard. And if he can go ahead and sign a team-friendly deal when it's time to get paid, he'll go down. As, and I was like, you know, I, I understand what you want. It's a cap sport. You don't want somebody taking so much off the table that there isn't enough for anyone else. But at the same time, like Brock Purdy's already given at the good deal office. Like Brock Purdy right now is arguably playing under the single greatest contract in global sports, right? I mean, think about it. Is yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's a quarterback in a league that the the starters get between twenty five and fifty, and he's making eight hundred and forty grand. And I I saw somebody the other day say, you know, you got to pay this guy sooner. No, you don't have to pay him sooner, but when they when it's time to pay him, you got to pay him in full. Exactly, and it's 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 a blessing to have this guy on the deal that he's on. He's got more value on his contract than I think anybody else in sports globally. I mean, I think he's the best value bang for the buck in any professional contract, any sport, any continent. That's who Brock Purdy has been. Uh, let's keep going. What do we got? Oh, something from Virginia. I yeah, we, was born in Virginia. USS. USS LKA 116. This is Damon Larry. Great show today. 49er fan here from Virginia. Cheers and good morning to you, sir. Go Cavaliers or Hokies or whatever. Uh, Corey Wiggs says, I've got a perfect replacement for George Odom. Start the bring back tart rally. 
Where well, is Jaquiski? Where is Jaquiski? He hasn't played. He didn't play this year or last year. I would love to see him come back. He would be great. Somebody said Quantrez, but Quantrez is on the Cardinals, and they're not going to cut him. Mike Baker said the four affirming or thanks affirming my doubts about what Grant said about Purdy and Kyle. We want an aggressive quarterback who has ice in his veins. Love your takes and show, guys. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Ready, set, rush. Great show, fellas. Derek Barnett just got released. Philly is probably going after Shaq Leonard. Thoughts on picking up Barnett with Jackson out? I would. This is what this is how much pass rush you need in the NFL. More. Always. And hey, you know what the Derek Barnett are- would be fantastic. I would I would love that. Veteran guy. I don't know how if he could pass the physical because I know he's he's been dinged up. But yes, I want Derek Barnett. I want Derek. I want anybody who can add pass rush. I did see Drake, and he says he's working his way back. A lot of people doubt he's going to get back this year. We'll see. But yes, I want Derek Barnett. I was just about to say, I'm not counting Drake Jackson out yet. If that injury will allow him to return, I think that he's. I think he's. There's a good player in him. There really is. Yeah. There is. There is. There's some really good traits there. You know, some um, defensive ends take a couple years, Larry. It's like being a big man in the NBA. It's a tough position to just come into and dominate. That's a you great know, point. The, the Nick Boses are far and few between. Right. It's a technique-rich position, and you're talking about a guy who's still somewhat raw, but he's already shown flashes. This idea, I mean, there's people, and I've already seen it. You've heard it on YouTube and in blogs. And, you know, oh, Jackson's not it. He's not him. Bust. Get him out of here. Way premature. Way premature. He's going to he's gonna fire. He's going to be back. He's going to improve. He's going to have a career. Um, Cryptic says media hypes up a young quarterback. They say you have to surround him with talent, CJ Stroud. But when they did it with Purdy, it's only winning with weapons. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, CJ Stroud had three picks the other day. It's a yeah, young quarterbacks. It's not a straight line to the top and people, you know, they know the lore of Niner, Niner, you know, Niner history. Do they know the, do they know the particulars? Right. Look, because if you look in the particulars, then you what you'll really find is that Steve Young in his first playoff game was atrocious against Washington and turned it over four times. And I believe the team was so good that they beat Washington anyway. And Joe Montana was, you know, three turnovers, I believe, in the 81 NFC Championship game. And yet, if, you know, he won that game. You know, he won that game with the pass to Dwight Clark. Nobody seems to remember the three turnovers. It's like they didn't happen. So it's just right. like a lot of times people, we, we remember what we want to remember and we conveniently forget all the details. But it's a process, man. And nobody's just, you know, I, I printed out a thing earlier this year. Tom Brady, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, in his second year had a four-game stretch where he threw seven interceptions. All right. So, I mean. So should what the Patriots have already have chased him out the door? No, he had already at that point shown some real, uh, you know, high level ability and they stayed with him and they went on and won all kinds of championships with him. So look, the people just need to be patient. The people who want a young quarterback instantly replaced and given up on are the same people who throw a first quarter interception in a game of Madden and hit the reset button, you know, <laughs> or grunge quit. Right. Look, um, Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions in his first season. 28 interceptions. Peyton Manning, yeah. one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Folks, it's not called retirement pains. It's not called veteran pains. It's called growing pains. And everyone is afforded growing pains. You you have to be. It, it's, it would be like, it would be ridiculous. It would be it would be like expecting your four-year-old to sit down and just knock out that trigonometry. You know, I think that's not ready to happen yet. I said grunge. I said I meant rage. Yeah. Rage, Thank yeah. you. What's good? Rage quits. Thank you. Thank you. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Grunge, rage. Right. <laughs> rage quit. Thank grunge you. quit. What's gr- grunge quitting would be like? <laughs> it would be like you're just listening to like either you're, you're listening to like Nirvana. <laughs> 
you're listening to Pearl Jam. You're you're deep in Seattle mode. You're wearing a flannel shirt and you throw your flannel. <laughs> That's your uh, yeah. That is awesome. Thank you for the correction there. Hey, we make mistakes. We want to correct it in real time. No doubt about it. <laughs> so look. The things that I liked in that game, you brought it up early, Larry. I think we need to return to it. One catch for the manliest seven yards in, in the NFL. Uh, the Juwan Jennings catch, it's it was phenomenal. And if you don't mind me saying, beyond Jennings' effort, you want to know what the real best part of that play was? What's that? An officiating crew that didn't blow an early whistle to stop it. There was moments where it looked like his forward progression could have been a, an overzealous, aggressive whistle could have blown that play dead before he picked up the first down. It didn't come in. Now, Good. Seattle, yeah, see, Seattle is a, a, a team that is leading the NFL in penalties. They had penalties called against them last night more than the Niners did. But I thought it was a game where the officials stayed out of it, Larry. I thought that was a well-officiated NFL game. And there, there are so few and rare circumstances that we've said that. Let's say it when we can. I thought that was a really well-officiated football game. Well, any uh, to me, any game where you come out of the game talking about the team, the two participants and not the third team out there, the officials, is a win for the league. PR-wise and all, you know, in how it's perceived, um, it's just... That's the one thing I can't stand sometimes about the NBA playoffs is we were talk and who's, you know, all of a sudden a major topic of conversation is who's refing tonight's games. It just came out and it's like, Oh, I've got, I've got the piece of paper in front of who's refing the game. It's like, I don't want that to be a factor. I, I really mean, don't. Chris Paul and Scott Foster. <laughs> Do you know that? Yeah, I don't need Scott Foster's stats. I don't need ref stats. Their record with this ref. Oh, I hate that. Where's just, Ray Ratto when you need him? Nobody truck tracked referee assignments and performances quite like Ray Ratto. Oh God. I mean, it's just, I hate, I hate it, but this is the idea of it that like, you know, can we just try to pretend that these guys don't have tendencies? Can we just pretend that, that, uh, you know, everybody's, a good ref. Oh my God. Uh, house Pelly's got a good one here too. He says, your Larry, your boy Luter jr. Saved the touchdown. Did you see the athleticism that, that Darrell Luter showed right there? It was huge. That, closing speed. Closing oh my God. Speed. Eskridge was shot out of a freaking cannon and he ran him down. That would that when I saw that and then the Womack down the ball at the two, I was like, you know what? It's all coming together. Now, the Niners have, I believe, until today, and I'm not sure. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. Or no, maybe it's Monday. Today's Friday. Keep thinking today's Monday. I think they have till Monday to or Sunday for Looter, but Monday for Womack. I think they have they've got a couple days to decide whether they're going to activate those guys. Now, they activated Looter, and I guess they must have activated Womack yesterday, but I didn't see who, who was on the... Or what? They're, they're kept on IR, and that eliminates well, contention for the rest I, of the regular and post? Yeah, I just don't know what their plan is. Did, I guess they... Well, they obviously activated both because they both played. So, the, you know, that we know. But, I mean, are these guys here long-term? And if so, that's a major get for the Niners to add Womack and Luter Jr., two really young but very, very talented corners. I mean, you could make an argument that those two guys, Luter and Womack, have as much or more talent than their starting corners. And when you look at just speed and coverage ability, I mean, there's Luter and Womack are going to have very, very good NFL careers. So if these guys are ready to contribute this year, um, the Niners secondary could really get a significant lift. And to me, when you look at Chase Young and now with the impact it's had on Armstead and the way that second D line's coming together and the health of, of Greenlaw and Warner, and now you're seeing you know, guys like D Winters and Jair Brown and some of these young corners, if the Niners could get some of their – they've drafted really, really well, and they've gotten very little impact this year off their young players. If they could get some impact off some of these players in the second half on defense, that could be the thing that pushes them over the top. 
Is Mooney Ward a better player after the bye week than before? I think he is. Um, he's been really good all year, I think. I mean, he I've been waiting for him to have the soft tissue injuries, hammies, quads. And I know he's some somewhat not a hundred percent, but I think he's been really good. He I mean, now he had the one game against Cincinnati like last night. I think it was just yeah. a cramp. The game against Cincinnati was a tough I mean, Jamar Chase, tough cover, and they went at him like five straight times in the second half, and he wrapped him up a couple times and he just looked bad. He looked really bad. Um, but I mean, there's that, you know, Jamar chase and, and, you know, the Niners were getting ambushed pretty bad and they weren't getting home on the rush. And, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough position, but man, since the Bengal game, I think the last couple of weeks of Mooney Ward have been spectacular. Uh, I thought that Brock Purdy, again, it, it's not one of the, it's not going to make the highlight reel, but it just shows you that there's more than a system quarterback. There's a quarterback that plays with instinct, a quarterback that can improvise. How about the fact that he's got a Seattle Seahawk dripping all over him after George Kittle made a chip block, and then it looks like it's going to be a sack, and then from the bottom of a Seahawk, boop, the football comes out, and he just flips it forward to Kittle for a one-yard gain. I mean, it, very little happened on that play, but it's just Purdy doesn't give up on plays. He, he is always looking, his eyes are downfield as he's being jumped on. And he finds Kittle for just a little one-yard gain. I just thought that that's instincts, that's improvisation, that is more than just a system quarterback being comfortable in a pocket. By the way, great pocket for Purdy last night. Really good night for the offensive line, right? I You know, I thought, I thought um, you know, looked fantastic was, uh, it was Banks, I thought, at left guard. Banks just looked refreshed. Banks looks like he is just hungry for a Super Bowl and will do anything for it. And then Feliciano has stepped in nicely at right guard. I agree. But I'll tell you the one aspect of Purdy that we're starting to see, and we saw it, I thought, a lot in this game. And maybe it's that fast surface in Seattle that kind of shows this. But, man, we're seeing a lot more explosiveness out of Brock Purdy as a thrower and as a mover. Um, he's moving even laterally within the pocket, he only had what three runs for one yard. So he's not running per se, but he he can, but he's really just showing explosive movement in the pocket to get away or to get to a new platform. And um, that, that explosive pocket mobility, and then the mechanics that he's thrown with the timing, the accuracy, the pre-snap recognition, obviously Shanahan's play calling has been, borderline brilliant in the run game i think the last couple games and all the weapons it's like there's a lot to like about this niner offense there's a lot to like about this niner defense but to me the one underrated aspect of brock that's really started to show itself more is how he's his arm looks more explosive since the bye and his movements in the pocket look more explosive than i think at any point i've ever seen he flips his hips back up field to throw on the run in a way that he just hasn't earlier in the year. So I, I'm I'm definitely picking up what you're putting down. And I'm telling you, Larry, there is a naked bootleg touchdown just waiting out there for him. I mean, it's going to be an easy call. It's going to be a walk-in touchdown because everyone is going to follow uh, McCaffrey and Debo and somebody's not going to keep that edge. And Brock is either going to go for a 35 yard naked bootleg keeper or take it in from the end zone from about six yards out. It's it, that play is there. And then Kyle's setting it up over these weeks and it's going to happen. Hopefully that busts out and happens in Philadelphia because they're going to have to be at their very, very best to go in and win that game. You see Steve, my wife thinks I'm crazy for turning this on. <laughs> Look at it this way, Steve. If you're not going to turn her on, at least turn us on. Oh, look at that. Here. Oh, hey, don't, no, 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 no. We never turn on the chat. No, 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 no. No, UC Steve is one of my boys. It's good <laughs> to have him here. Thank you very much for watching us. And yeah, look, let's face it. The kind of fan that watches a big game and then the next morning on their day off is like, I got to go watch Damon and Larry. You're on uh, Black you're Friday stuck. when your wife was, hey, let's go to the stores and buy stuff for Christmas. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm watching 49er wake up. That's hey, you know, it's it's a bold choice. You're our kind of people who make it. Thank you very much for making it. 
And uh, more and more people are making it than ever before. Look at it this way. Larry and I happen to be live in this moment where the entire flagship station of the 49ers is playing network radio this morning. <laughs> KNBR is not even live. How pathetic is that? Good that God. is pathetic. The day after a Niner game in the morning, Bazzi Mian says, I'm curious as to why Brock Purdy has been doing the left-handed drop like with his touchdown to Ayuk, any other quarterback do this? It seems both effective and distinctive. I'm sorry, I don't even know what what he's referring to. Well, what? instead of instead of dropping back this way, sometimes he'll drop back, looking like a like he's a left handed quarterback, and then flip his hips. And I'm not sure if he's trying to give the defense a different look, but that's worth a question this week for oh, sure. Like, a, like he's he's given a southpaw stance. Yeah, and he's done it a couple times, Damon, where he's dropped back to pass like a left-handed quarterback and almost had looking to his left and then, of course, flips his hips rolling, Is he rolling left? I mean, is he, he's, he's got to be rolling left, right? I mean, the hips don't no, lie. You can't run in a direction that your hips aren't facing. No, he when he drops back to pass, instead of dropping back with his right shoulder deeper, he's dropping back to pass with his left shoulder deeper and then getting a look. I think it might just be providing him – either a look that he wants to see on this side or he's trying to sell it. Because what I've also noticed is he flips around to his right and then makes the throw, of course. And it's not um, play action? No, it, no. It, well, sometimes it could be play action, uh, but it's it's not play action sometimes. Sometimes he's done it where it hasn't been play action. I'm going to have to, I'm, Larry, I'm going to have to rewatch the tape on that yeah. one. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, you know, what's what's great about Purdy is just, you can see he's got a total he's a he must be a frustrating guy to defend against because you can see that you know he's he's he knows what he's looking at he knows what coverages he's looking at he knows where he wants to go i, I got to go look at the film again today but damon the thing that stood out to me about mid third quarter was that brock had completed like i i, I an absurd number of passes where you could tell that it either wasn't his first read or it wasn't where he looked first. Like he looked left and threw right. He looked center through left. He, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was um, so many times with Garoppolo, he would have almost like a one look throw. And then when he didn't like his first read, man, you started to hold your breath. Well, with Purdy, you're starting to see some advancements. I think in that, He's 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 going through his progressions consistently, and it seemed like they took away a lot. Either he he's either deking them or they're taking away his first look and he's going to a second. But either way, to, to play with, you know, that kind of pace and be able to go through your progressions as quickly as he does shows that, you know, he's really processing what he sees pre-snap and post-snap very quickly, which is a great Great indication of what's to come. So I remember a conversation. This is where, I mean, we're going back to like Jimmy Garoppolo is the cause celeb discussion point all week long level 49 or a couple of years ago. And you were doing an interview with Greg Cosell and Greg Cosell was talking about the strengths and weaknesses of Garoppolo, which were fascinating to evaluate at the time. And he said, look, first read Jimmy is the best version of Jimmy there is. Second read, Jimmy, you have a steep decline, and there essentially is no third read, Jimmy. Jimmy does not get to his third read. He's not comfortable. He can't find it. He doesn't throw it. He's a two-read quarterback who it gets dicey on that second read. One read, Jimmy's there. That's what Jimmy, Jimmy excels in one-read plays. But when you got to start looking around, and and Brock is maybe the opposite of that. Right? So Brock, funny. It's so funny you said that, Dave, because like we're, we have we have so many terms now in sports that make failure sound so okay. Like instead of being man, this guy's a strikeout machine. You'd be like, you know, there's a lot of swing and miss in his game. There's a lot of swing and miss <laughs> in his game, and that you know, Greg Cosell used to politely say because he was on KMBR every week, and he, you know, Greg, he doesn't want to rip. Um, players he doesn't want to be perceived as ripping but he's also very clinical in his analysis because he's watching the film and so he's always looking for diplomatic ways of talking about failure and what he would say with garoppolo over and over again he'd be like 
you know, Jimmy is not your classic late in the down thrower. In other words, if you take away his first freaking read, the guy's a circus. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you remember this point, right? You remember yeah. this? Oh, the, you know, because he used to say it all the time. You know, Jimmy is not a great, uh, you know, late in the down thrower. And it's like, you know, it sounds so benign. But what you really mean is if the play that Shanahan calls doesn't work, he's up shit creek. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's it was such a classic. Yeah, there's a, you know, this guy's a hacker. This guy's a swing and miss. There's some swing. There's a little bit too much swing and miss in his game. All right. Look, I I, I want to get back into the chats here in a little bit. And then the things that you want to bring up and talk about here. But just, again, we get to Juwan Jennings and how mannish that was. Purdy, the completion to Kittle. We talked about that. Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell being more involved in high leverage moments. We've talked about that. Debo being deployed like a multiverse Avenger. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't happen every Sunday. But when it does happen, the 49ers are at their best. There is one thing, Larry, that I don't like. And we've gone... What are we? An hour and thirty-three minutes into this show, and it's one. It's it's time for me to file my. This might be a weak spot that the Niners need to start looking at. And I like this player too, so I don't want to say that. I don't run to the podium. With say, can I guess? Can I guess what it is? Yes. Let me see. Let me see. What is Damon going to say? Um. Wait, wait. Who who are you potentially going to? eviscerate borderline attack hmm. who's it gonna be larry who's it gonna be give me give me a give me a second give me a second are you, are you scanning box score looking for errors and inconsistencies no i'm just looking at the depth chart i'm looking at the depth chart trying to think like how would damon think um hughes check no no although we didn't even see did he play last night was he was he in Seattle? he didn't make much of an impact at least that um, i saw Again, I'm, I'm not going to on a, on a night where the running game's popping. I'm not going to criticize a fullback for anything they did or did not do. You better not be going to my man, Colton McKivitz. Nope. No, right. I think Colton is more than appointed himself and has played very, very well. He is uh, he is a better version of Mike McGlinchey than Mike McGlinchey was ever a version of Mike McGlinchey. Javon Kinlaw for being flipped over the top. No, that would, by the way, I thought that that was a borderline ejectable play. I did too. And not only that, it's like, dude, how strong are it took to cut two guys? But I mean, dude, if, if you saw Javon Kinlaw standing there, he's like a he's got I mean, he's got legs that are the base on that guy, he's like a building. I mean, to be able to flip that might be the last guy in the world I would ever think could ever be flipped over. Flipped like a freaking pancake. Well, and because he left his feet, and obviously that made that that provided the uh the easiness of it. Well, but, I mean, he is a guy's got to be about 320. Collinsworth even says, I haven't seen a guy body slammed on a football field like that, really, like ever. <laughs> so I, Somebody I that thought, big, too. I mean, yeah. that's it's amazing. That's that showed amazing strength. Who was that for Seattle, by the way? 68? I think it was. I got to look that up. That guy. My complaint, Larry, is Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod has done nothing on punt return this year. Uh, th th there is a, a sure handedness, I guess, that was even betrayed last night with his fumbled punt return that Ronnie Bell jumped on. And thank God that he did. Uh, no, wait, no, no, my, no, that might not have been Ronnie Bell jumping on that. Ronnie Bell jumped no, on the punt coverage. Yes. Ray Ray McLeod is not doing anything for this team in the return game. That's I saw my guy, by the way, I like Ray Ray. I think he's a smart underrated player, but he's not giving the Niners any burst. On How dare time. you attack Ray Ray? I oh, just, I just think that he, uh, is there anyone else who can return punts on this team? Anyone? I'd like to see someone else get another shot because Ray Ray just, he's hesitating. I thought he had a few like, catch it with like unencumbered catches and you should just launch yourself. And he didn't, he's still stuttering and hesitating. And then the fumble bad game for Ray Ray McLeod. He has not really been, uh, he hasn't done much. Ray Ray hasn't done much, uh, since his, I, 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 okay. So big play. We, we, there's the air, there's the, you know, you're always looking for big playability. Um, what you really want, what I really want out of that position is I want, I want like, you know, assurances. I want somebody who's dependable. Now he had the turnover in this one, but 
he's normally very dependable and he's, he does catch the ball pretty consistently. Um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I wish that the Niners are so good on both, both offense and defense. Just don't lose it on special teams. Don't, don't, you know, miss kicks, fumble the ball, turn it over, you know, just be can be more conservative on special teams. You don't need to win the game on special teams. You just don't want to lose it. So I like the fact that Ray Ray gives you a veteran return guy, but yeah, he's got to, he's got to make, you know, he can't turn it over. Can't turn it over, but I love Ray Ray. And I don't think uh rocking whatever here's rocking new era. Ray Ray gives me Kyle Williams vibes, or maybe I have Kyle Williams PTSD. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's, that's a little, uh, that's, that's a little, uh, he's more, dependable. Yeah. he's more dependable than Kyle Williams. I like Ray Ray. Um, I believe in Ray Ray. We'll see where it goes. They do have other options. They always, you could always throw Ayuk back there if you wanted. I mean, you could, you know, you can do what you want. I mean, there's, you know, Ayuk could be a great, he was an awesome, awesome punt returner at Arizona State. Hey, um, what about, uh, look up, what about, um, you know, it, look at it this way. Come the playoffs, I want all stops being pulled out. I wouldn't mind to see Debo back there returning punts in the playoffs. You may. You may. I mean, it's just another way to get your playmakers to touch. Um, a great. That's the one thing I, you know, the one thing I would love to see the Niners have is what we saw yesterday from Seattle with Eskridge, just that home run hitter element. That's why I'm always intrigued by the addition of Danny Gray. I don't know if you can trust Danny Gray, but Danny Gray gives you that absolute ridiculous speed. Um, and if you have ridiculous speed, there's always a chance you can take one to the house. I mean, if Luter doesn't make that tackle, Eskridge is gone and it's seven seven. And at that point, you know, if if Seattle gets a kick return touchdown and the play starts to really rock, who knows? Maybe that game is a much different game. So I thought I thought the Luter special teams play was very, very underrated. Somebody in the chat saying, "What about Danny Gray?" I look, Danny Gray's a rumor until proven otherwise. I don't even think Danny Gray is actually a living, breathing person. I don't, I don't know if he's actually on this team. <laughs> he's been dinged up. He's been hurt. He hurt himself on one of those early returns. But I mean, nobody runs like Danny Gray. So you, that you know, why does he seem like he gets more chances than other people? Because he can flat out run. And speed burns, and they and everybody wants it. I think Ronnie Bell could be an answer in special teams too. Um, He's very solid. Yeah, just just throwing it out there again. I'm I'm not picking a fight with Ray Ray. I like Ray Ray. Ray Ray didn't have a good night last night. It's just you know how, how are you going to win in Philadelphia? Something's got to pop. Give me something on special teams. Give me something. Um, I'd like to see a little little more something out of out of Ray Ray. Uh, that's about it. Like that's that's the end of my complaint department. It was the, such a good game true? last night. You see that chat right there from Tribe? Did the Eagles sign Shaq Leonard today? I'm, uh, let me uh, see if that's. I mean, you'd figure that would be front page ESPN.com level headline. Let me look. I can't see it there. It doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but I don't know. Let me see. E, uh, let me E A G L E S Eagles. Dallas is showing interest is what I'm reading. Eagles expected to have an interest. That was a day ago. I don't have anything up to date on oh, this. The Broncos also Ed Werder said um, the Broncos are, have been linked to Shaq Leonard. I mean, that's the thing. It's a waiver situation. So if there's he's already, no, he's already cleared waivers. Oh, he's cleared yeah, waivers, he's cleared waivers. And the Colts are on the hook for the 6.1 million. So now it's just a matter of where does Shaq want to go? Where does he want to, you know, he's probably ring chasing. So he'll probably go to Philly. Um, I okay. would expect he will wind up in Philadelphia. I, and I don't understand why the Colts cut a very productive 28 year old linebacker. And I'll tell you, if the Eagles wind up winning the Super Bowl this year, you know, it will be partially because other teams made personnel mistakes because they got Zach Cunningham from Tennessee. He's been fantastic all year. And I loved him at Vandy. He's a tackling machine. He's six, four. He's got instincts. He can run like the wind. So Zach Cunningham. And if they now get Shaq Leonard, 
Um, and then you've got Bayard, who they, you know, Tennessee unbelievably traded, one of the best safeties in football. I mean, Howie I Roseman, Howie Roseman's a, a very underrated part of the Eagles' success. I'm looking at, you know, guys who are all over Eagles beats, and I'm not seeing anything official on on Shaq Leonard, not yet. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but I I, I still don't see it. Um, I'll give you one thing that I want to see is um, and this is, you know, people will be like, whoa, you were saying that Brandon Ayuk was disappointing. I was saying his touchdown percentage in the red zone was disappointing. I'll tell you what I'm really disappointed in in regards to Brandon Ayuk. Throw him the goddamn football. My God, he had four targets last night. I mean, what what are you doing? The uh, I mean, four targets? Four targets for a guy who's this dominating? I mean, come on. Throw him the ball. I mean, I have have you watched the all twenty two? Maybe he wasn't out there. Maybe, you know. I haven't watched the all twenty two. I watched the condensed version by some really good coverage, and that's why Debo popped last night. But I mean, Uh, we're now this guy's now in a category where you need to throw him the ball. You need to throw him the ball. He's got great ball skills. He can go high. He can go low. He's got a major league catch radius. Uh, Purdy said this guy's the real deal. Throw him more passes. I want to see him more involved. Only three catches and 19 yards for George Kittle last night. Another guy who should be, you know, a Travis Kelsey level of targets. Threw him five passes, though. Um, I mean, I, I just think when you look at, you know, the, if if I told you the targets, let me see. Do I have the targets? I got targets for everyone. Who do you want? Yeah, here we go. Here, this is this, this is um, Ayuk's had ten targets in a game. How many times this year? Once. These are his targets so far. Um, eight in against Pittsburgh. That's good. Six against the Rams. Eight against Arizona. Seven against Dallas. Ten against Cleveland. Then five against six against Minnesota, nine against Cincinnati, three against Jacksonville, six against Tampa, four against Seattle. I don't want to see any game where this guy doesn't have at least a half dozen targets. Uh, for, okay, so take down Tribe because that might be incorrect. Let's get that. That's good. Let's get that uh, comment off the screen. And more brand if if some Brandon Ayuk is good, more is better. I agree with you there, Larry. But isn't that the product of the offense? Isn't that the product of I'm the just design? Saying, this guy? Let's re let's um not respect. That's not the right word. Let's recognize. Let's recognize that Brandon Ayuk is having a career year, and instead of using him as a decoy, let's let's force feed him a little bit. I want to see him. I want to see more targets for Ayuk in the red I zone, do. out of the red zone. I'd say double up the the Ayuk targets. Start start really throwing him the ball. I want to see it too, Larry, but I think that there's a, a a goal of this offense is balance. A goal of this offense is not forcing something, but spreading it around to all the different playmakers. I mean, I'm not arguing with you, Brandon. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, look at the if you look at the targets and the catches, he's got 45 catches on only 65 targets. So he's a very reliable guy. I mean, um, well, and every he, he was targeted six play. times against Arizona. He caught all six. He was targeted eight times against the Steelers. He caught all eight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like there's games like that. He was targeted six times against Minnesota. He caught five of the six. He was targeted three times against Jacksonville. Caught all three. Six times against Tampa Bay. Caught five of six. I mean, I'm just saying this guy's. I mean, let I'd like to see some incompletions to to uh, Ayuk before you know if, if or I'd like to see him targeted a little bit more. I think he's that special. I think they're using McCaffrey, but they're not using Ayuk like I think he could be used. I think they could almost go to him like a true number one guy, but sometimes they almost forget about him. One guy here named Charlie says, who gives a shit? We won the game. Charlie, do you understand what we're doing here? We talk about the football game that we saw and, and we, you know, there's some things we like and there's some things we don't like. And, and that's, that's, that's why the show happens. Thank you very much. Um, 
Thank you all for being here. 49ers wake up. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit notify to both of our channels as well. The show is simulcast on both of our channels. No matter where you're watching, make sure you're subscribed to the other guy as well. That goes doubly for Larry's vast audience. Come on over and sprinkle a little love on me, please. Um, it grows. This is happening. We are the best sports talk radio station in San Francisco. This show right here, I'm completely convinced of that. And I think an awful lot of people are every single time that they tune in uh, more and more record uh, numbers every single time we do the show. And we will be back at it at 8 a.m. Monday morning as we do a 49ers wake up in Eagles week, because come Monday, it will be Eagles week. And that is a week that we have all been waiting for since the conclusion of last year's NFC title game. So big things coming for sure. Um, Larry, you got anything up your sleeve that you still got to get out before it's all said and done? Um, no, I think we're good. I just, uh, we have one more super here. Uh, Antonio Seabrook. That's what Vish was trying to tell you. He's not getting the targets. By the way, I think Vish is fantastic. I really, really Vish like is that very guy. good. Vish yeah. Is, I really, really Vish like is one of the forty best 49er content creators. I would agree with you. There is. I, I would absolutely there agree is. with you. Um, okay. Let's see. Do we have another? No, that was the last one. Um, Thanks to everybody on the super chats. I got a busy day today. I'm coming up here next hour. I'm going to talk with Chase Senior because it's Friday. So we normally jump in at 1045. We're going to jump in a little early. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to be probably doing an hour with Grant at 11. And then I'm doing radio today from two to six. So everybody, um, you know, this, I'm just going to be talking Niners, Niners, more Niners, basically between uh, now and, and seven o'clock tonight. Well, I'll just tell you right now, I'm going to warn you, radio is a dying medium, and you'd be better off spending your four hours right on YouTube. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just go ahead and do what you got to do. Larry, I wish you the very, very best. You know, things that we're thankful for. I even sent this to you and Kevin, your son, who's been a, a huge part of making this show go as its executive producer, director, and uh, in all things uh, in terms of the highlights that he extracts from this show that you and I put out in videos. So thank you, Kevin and Larry. Thank you in a time to be thankful. I'm very, very thankful for you and the hand that you reached out as soon as I was laid off and just pulled me into YouTube and did as much to encourage me to get up and go. And I really do appreciate it, brother. Thank you so very, very much. And Absolutely. I will leave you, I will leave you all with the note that uh, Larry Kruger is good people, and thank you very much. Don't let the looks fool you. He's actually a good guy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't care what anybody else says. He's actually a good guy. I, I always say that to people. You know what? I don't. You know, I don't care what everybody else says, man. I think you're all right. You know, that always gets a, that always gets a good look. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Good win for the Niners. And now bring on the Eagles. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what Niners Eagles looks like next week. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. I mean, it really, it should be the game of the year in the NFC. It really should be. It should. So um, brass knuckle, straight up heavyweight title fight in the middle of the ring. No leaning up against the ropes or in the corners. These two teams are going to duke it out. They've got ferocious running attacks. They've got ferocious defensive lines. One of these teams has a ferocious offensive line. Hopefully the 49ers can meet that standard. Uh, when they get into Philadelphia, there is talent everywhere you look. Got two young, incredibly capable quarterbacks, two very good coaches, two great rabid fan bases. It should be a straight up slobber knocker. I can't wait to watch it. Larry, I just want to see Sirianni just get, I would love it if somehow Sirianni got rolled up on the sideline. That's how much I hate that guy. I mean, I, <laughs> I you know, seriously, maybe shoved. Well, you know, maybe how about a sweep to his side and then just take him out. You know, that was, would be, that like would be camera. awesome. There was a camera that? guy, a ball guy taken out on the sidelines last night. You see that? He was like, ah, well, I don't want to root for that, but I would love to see Debo come off the sideline and just roll up on Sirianni and just dump him on his can. That would be sweet. That would be amazing. Not did see, only did you see Sirianni only, talking trash to Chiefs fans? No. Oh, it was awful. I mean, you didn't see that? He comes off the field and he's like trashing Chief fans the other night. No, oh, geez. Uh, I mean, it's just you know the, that guy's so smug. 
first play, who cares if it gains any yards, sweep to, to Sirianni and take him out. So not only do you want to beat the Eagles, you want to injure the head coach as well. <laughs> yes. Let's get the, forget how many yards you can get. Just take out the head coach and sweep to note, Sirianni. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, of course, we're joking. We're not wishing for Sirianni to be put down or anything, yeah. but maybe just maybe just roughed up a little bit. I want to wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving, Ralph. Uh, it's great to have you. You Thank know, Craig, you. you always want to take out Sirianni at the knees. That's my fellow Paisan. Why are you doing that? Come on, Craig. That's <laughs> you know, this is where you and I are different. Tommy and I, we we we, we talk about things we're controversial. We sometimes we have eclectic interests. We're different. I've got I'm very I got great perspicacity. You, on the other hand, are just negative. And you're, you're kind of mean spirited. I gotta say, you're a little bit mean spirited. <laughs> you know, Ralph. I've always thought that Krug was mean spirited. You know, he just, you know, uh, he, the things he would say about guys that I drafted. Yeah, okay, guys on his second ACL. Okay, how many times are you gonna talk about it? You're just gonna keep bringing it up. Listen, Lowry. I I think I know some football. I like Gerald Hodges. I think he's a good linebacker. Yeah, we didn't stop the run last year. And, you know, I probably don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, I believe in Gerald Hodges. When I think of uh, mean content creators, there's only one name that I wrote down and put in an envelope. And it rhymed with Gary Mooger. You know, you're so cute. You get so angry about the Niners. <laughs> Tom and I, we're not like that. No, we're not like that. I always tell Tate, you know, I'm going to bring you some garlic fries after I go to the game. But I'll tell you the one thing I'm not. I'm not mean-spirited. Like, you can say a lot about me. People say a lot of things. They say a lot of people don't like me. They'll say Ralph's this, Ralph's that. You know, I'll tell you, Ralph is this and Ralph is that, but Ralph's not mean-spirited. Craig, why do you got to be mean-spirited? <laughs> Oh, thanks for watching, everyone. 49ers wake up. We're going to be back at it Monday, 8 a.m. Join us as you hop into a new week. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the Thanksgiving break as it's still going on. Have yourself a good time on Black Friday. Don't hit anybody in Walmart today and have yourself a, a great day. Happy Thanksgiving from us to you, from you to us, and us and back. And I told Tom, you know, I love Krug. Krug's a nice guy, but he's goddamn, he's fucking missy. He, he's just, he's just, he's too mean-spirited. 